Uh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the pregame show, kicking off a big 11-game slate tonight for baseball here on Roto-Grinders. I am Britt Devine uh, here with Jordan. Me and Jordan are going to be doing a lot of these pregame shows. Uh, they're going to be free every morning, uh, 11 o'clock, typically during the week, whenever there's a big slate. Uh, usually we we sort of look back on what happened last night. You know, it's supposed to be a, a teaching show where we, we go back and we try to recreate some of the lineups, see what Tom, some of the top players did. Uh, but today, I mean, Jordan, there's so much money out there today. We're, we're going to ax that and talk a little bit about tonight. What's going on? I, I think the, 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 the review of yesterday is that uh, if you didn't have uh, Kiki Hernandez, then yep. you, you didn't make money. So. So I think that's the review on on, on a two-game slate. And then uh, both starting pitchers from the first game, both got complete games because it uh, got called. Uh, but uh, with with all the big prize pools, I mean, FanDuel, 1.2 million entries, and it's... it's How do you win this thing? Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's going to be a solo winner. There's enough, there's enough options yeah. for you to do that. It's just that it's right now, it's like a fifth full. So... Like the overlay, even yesterday there was overlay on on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. So, like if 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 you want to play 150 lineups, today's your day because you're going to get some extra expected value from uh, there being more money in the prize pool than is being put in. Yeah, on the morning grind today, I love Chief Justice. He, he said the uh, over on FanDuel, uh, the Millie, Millie Maker double up because that's sort of the expecting. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to see. Uh, we could see a million dollars of overlay in, in that contest on FanDuel today. So I think we're really going to focus on that. We can mix in some DraftKings thoughts as well. There's big contests over there. There's a, a risk-free game. You know, for three bucks, you can put three entries. They have a risk-free game on DraftKings. I, literally... I cashed in that yesterday. Yeah, I I, so much. did I. Yeah, I, mean, I I at least have some money back. You literally can't lose money on that. So there's really good contests to start the season as it progresses, right, when basketball comes back. Some of this stuff's going to go away, and the prize pools are going to start to get smaller. So you got to jump in on these today, and, and we're going to try to direct you on how to win. Has there ever been a contest with a theoretical million entries before? I think there, there has been, but this, like the FanDuel contest today is absolutely insane. Normally, we're trying to be, I want to put this in perspective, on DraftKings. If it's a $10 contest and it's a $500,000 prize pool, which is big, and it's 100000 to first. That's like 57,000 people you're trying to beat that day. You, in theory, are going to have to beat something like 700,000 to a million entries tonight on FanDuel to win the million dollars. And I think there's a very different way to play tonight's contest than you would play a normal contest. Am I, do you sort of agree with me on that? Well, I mean, I tend to play contrarian regardless, so... <laughs> Maybe it's maybe it's very similar to the way that I play normally, uh, vomit stack season and 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 go for broke. But but in general, you're you're gonna have to get as much leverage as you could possibly imagine. And uh, the lineup construction is the difference between FanDuel and DraftKings that should highlight is that the amount of stack combinations that you can make on FanDuel is much higher because you only get to you only could use four. And because catcher and first base are one slot and you get a utility, which means you could play, you know, three outfielders from one team and still another outfielder from if your there's other three stack. short stops. You can pretty much, well, you can't get them all, but you can, you can get two of them on fan right. or DraftKings or SOL. Right. So I think the the construction perspective, like because there are more combinations, it may be more worth, if you're really high on a certain team, and want to stack them in multi, a multitude of ways, there are more ways to do so on FanDuel than you would on DraftKings where you have to play two pitchers, and you, you need to play a catcher, and you don't get a utility position. Yeah, so when we go through here, the projections we got. So Roto-Grinders, if you don't have the bat, we have uh, they're powered by SIS, the, the default Roto-Grinders projections, and uh, Sports Info Solutions I think does a, a pretty good job. I'm, I'm going to have to sort of keep track of those against the bat. I pretty much always use the bat, and we got we got the bat X now too, right? So, uh, you know, we've got that. Use uses stat cast data. Uh, Cardi explained this to me. So the stat cast data in the bat X is based only on hitters, and then next year – there will be pitcher stat cast data. So if you're scrolling the difference between the bat and the regular bat, 
Um, it's only taking into account stat cast data based on the hitters. And that's why you'll even see the, the pitcher projections change, even though it's not in there because the hitter projections and all that will sort of change off the bad X. Um, I think for the show, uh, I'm pretty much going to use the bad X all year. Jordan, what do you say we roll with that on this today? That seems pretty good with me. All right. So uh, I, I guess we can just sort of talk. Remember, guys, get in all those contests, the risk-free on DraftKings, the, the FanDuel, Millie Maker, Double Up, whatever it is, right? I'm looking at it. It's a $3 million prize pool. It's 20% full as of right now. Uh, I think there could be probably, you know, a minimum of $250,000 of overlay upwards of it could approach 750000 to like a million, depending on how much team this picks up throughout the day and how many people start coming back to baseball. But if you ever wanted a big prize for a, a little amount of money, you, you've got to give that a, a shot today on FanDuel. So we're really going to talk about that. Uh, and let's talk, I guess we can start here at, at pitcher. How do you approach, Jordan, this just enormous contest on FanDuel? How many pitchers is is too many if you're making – if you're making one lineup, you know, Jamino's working. He thinks he's going to have ownership at some point during the show for us today. I'll keep refreshing and, and see if it pops up. But, you know, do you want to use the one of the two or three chalkiest pitchers? Do you just want to go really contrarian across the board? I think there's a, a good mix to be found somewhere. Your personal, right, 150 entries. How many pitchers are you going to throw out there today? Give me, give me your thoughts, and I'll chime in on mine. Well, because you only roster one pitcher, uh, I'm less selective. It's kind of a weird type of mindset. Uh, I'm less selective on FanDuel about my pitcher because, like, when you have to roster two pitchers, I could, if I have six pitchers I want to play, there's only so many combinations of those two pitchers. Expensive pitcher, less expensive pitcher. Like, if you have Verlander versus a Musgrove, you know, you in DraftKings, you may have to make those decisions on playing cheaper pitchers just to fit in the stacks. But on FanDuel, since you only play one, I'm more concerned with my stacks and less so with the pitcher. So, like, on FanDuel today, like, I could easily have 10 pitchers in my player pool and then basically let the stacks decide which pitcher fits in. And so my cheap stacks will have Verlander or Bieber in it. And my expensive stacks would have someone like Heaney or Musgrove, maybe Stripling even. Mm-hmm. And uh, if the stack does well, the pitcher doesn't have to be the top pitcher on the slate. Now, obviously, if Verlander goes out and puts up 60 points, you're probably mm-hmm. going to need him. But uh, if you know Verlander puts up 40 and other pitchers put up 32 like if you if you get the stack right and that stack goes off for 12 13 runs. Do you think the winning lineup tonight is going to have the highest scoring pitcher? I don't think so. I I think it's quite li- quite likely that if pitcher if pitcher scoring is a bit condensed at the top level uh that it's quite possible that you know it could be a $9200 Jose Barrios. I don't think he's necessarily the best option mm-hmm. on the slate but you know for the salary savings maybe that makes the stacks that you have different than everyone else because in order to pay up for stacks you're gonna have to pay down a pitcher yeah what what i'm planning on doing is i think i'm gonna have uh, i'm gonna have 100 150 something like that in this shot i think i'm probably gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna take i i I normally don't take massive stands i think i'm just i'm thinking i'm gonna play a little bit differently than i normally would just because there's so many different rosters i think like you i would normally sort of you know if i was playing DraftKings, i might have I don't know, 12 pitchers in the player pool because you need, you need more combinations, but, but I'll probably, I think I'm going to limit it to like, I don't know, six or seven pitchers on FanDuel today is sort of my theory. So, and, and I, I guess we can talk on Verlander, you know, there's a couple cheaper stacks and I, I like Boston's pretty attainable because there's a couple of really cheap guys on there. They got a big total. They're going to be popular. And me trying to figure out, exactly who I'm playing right now I really can't do that until the ownership gets a little bit dialed in earlier in the day and I can see if teams are going to be over owned under owned and all that type of stuff but I think Jordan as it stands right now I don't I don't think I'm planning on playing too much Justin Verlander he's just he's going to really limit the overall upside I think I can get out of some of my bats tonight and I think there's guys like I like Bieber I think Nola's interesting um, if Paddock gets a little bit of extra run, I think 
He's a little interesting. The bat is in love uh, for cheap with Andrew Heaney, and I sort of agree with that a little bit tonight. You know, for cheap, I just think there's enough good, cheaper pitching that I, I don't think I'm going to restrain myself in this absolutely massive contest. And if Verlander gets, right, 70 point if he has 12 strikeouts and goes six and two thirds and gets the win in the quality star I'm going to be on the outside looking in but I mean I, I'm just gonna I think I might just x him out of my belts today well I like playing vomit stacks so I mean I may have very cheap stacks at a Verlander 40 50 point game in Baltimore there, being you, there you go right there you go right exactly so that's why like yes I think on a point per dollar basis I think Bieber is is I mean in all projection systems for that price for 1000 less is going to come up as a better point per dollar play. Uh, I think he'll also be a popular choice. So yes. uh, when ownership comes out, seeing the difference between Verlander's ownership with Bieber, I think Flaherty may be a better play on DraftKings than he is on FanDuel. Uh, I think very little people are going to go to guys like Giolito, Berrios, Bumgarner, Paddock, Woodruff. Bumgarner, like that does, Bumgarner does not exist to me today. Right, but I mean, if if hey, if Bumgarner's two percent owned, then you know maybe 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 I could give him a look. But really, it all depends on the ownership. But I think on this slate, I'm much more likely on Fanduel to either pay up in in the 10k range, pay for Verlander or Bieber, or go down and play play someone like Heaney or Musgrove or the guys in the 6k range. I mentioned on Musgrove, uh, and I don't know if you saw this, but. I, dude threw 40 pitches in his his uh, last little exhibition inner squad thing. I don't, I don't know. There's some red flags on me on Musgrove today. That's a little a little concerning. I know a couple of the other guys. They you know they were throwing 90 or 95 pitches. Flaherty, for example, like two or three weeks ago, and then in, in the last inner squad or whatever they call him, he threw like 75 because he wanted to be fresher going into opening day. So I think he's a little less concerning, but. Uh, I don't know. I might, I'm going to have to see where Musgrove is, see if the steam picks up on that. But when, when you threw 40 pitches in your last little outing, I don't know. And, and, and I look, uh, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of things on the bat today too, right? Cause Cardi's really sort of stepped up his game on the bat here. Um, but one of the things I always like to do is, you know, a lot of people use the bat. You got to beat a million people in theory in this contest. If you're using the same projections, the same way a lot of the public is doing, you're just going to have the same teams as everybody else. So one of the things I like to do is uh, I sort of look at see what he has in the projected pitch count. You can find all this stuff if you're in the bat. And if I agree or disagree with something, you know, I can sort of take some stands on, do I think a guy's going to pitch X amount of pitches? Do I think Bieber could throw 99 pitches? Do You know, that's what the bat is currently projecting him as. Do I think Verlander's at 90? And you can sort of scroll through these and, and see if you're in agreement or not on it. So, so what know, does Musgrove have? What was the bat have Musgrove's pitch so, count? So, so Musgrove, let me find Mr. Musgrove. He's at 92, which I think is a, a smidge high at the moment, if you ask me. So I would probably, um, I would manually lower his projection, or I would see what Cardi has this at, let's say, 4 o'clock, when he's had enough time to go through all these reports, right, and really dial it in, because as good as the bat is, right, there are some manual tweaks that Cardi does throughout the day and just like the projections get done uh, on the normal side. So I'll see what it looks like later in the day. I'll see what the projection is. I'll see if the field's doing it. I'll try to, you know, this is a really different contest than we're normally used to playing, but this is sort of what I look at for pitch count. If I think one's a little too high, one's a little too low. Um, And you sort of do something like this for stacks. I guess we can maybe go over to this, you know, a little addition Cardi had on this. You, you had a little bit of a hand in it too where it just sort of shows you, right, hey, what is the best possible stack on FanDuel today, according to the bat? So the people that do have it, walk them through what I'm, what I'm showing here. Okay, so Cardi added in his uh, bat uh, projection package. Uh, for DK and FanDuel, uh, based on the median projections, like that's what point per dollar is. Yeah. is just like how much median are you getting for the salary? And you could, I mean, you could sort by points, like just overall points. Obviously, it's not going to be by point per dollar. So, Brett, if you sort the points column. I'm clicking it. Clicking it. Takes a while. Might be. There's a lot of teams out there. Nothing's happening. Okay. Well, there we, so go. There we go. So, acor- according to the bat, the highest points, well, it looks like 5203 should be. 
is uh, Betts, Muncie, Bellinger, Seager against Zamar. I mean, is, is that even on the? Yeah, that's on the slate. Yeah, it's the second one. It clicked the ceiling. Yeah, I can feel the the computer fans whirling in the background here. So there must be a lot of stuff going on right behind the scenes. But this will but this will essentially give you an idea if you want to sort by four man stacks, four man stacks sequential, which means it has to be like one two three four or two three four five, uh, DK five man and four man stacks, just to get a sense of like the point per dollar value and the ceilings and the medians of different stack combinations for each site. And then obviously, you know, you're going to see a lot of very similar stacks. I mean, we see, you know, one, two, four, five, one, two, four, six, one, two, four, seven, one, two, four, nine. If you don't want to just scroll endlessly through different types of stacks, because it'll also show you if you want to scroll, it'll fill out whatever positions there are. So let's say you're looking at point per dollar and you're like, I need to find a good point per dollar stack that uses a third baseman mm-hmm. because my the other stack that I'm using doesn't have a third baseman. And you just scroll down and maybe you find you find one. You find one point per dollar. We're not getting nope. them. <laughs> there isn't right, one because right, that, well, everyone, everyone has outfielders. <laughs> right. So if we scroll down to the exist. highest third baseman, not not many good ones, I guess. No. Your computer I fans. Almost, I almost think it's an error at this point in time. Right. You almost think that maybe maybe the X isn't being filled for, for a third base spot. Correct. Uh, if you don't want to scroll all of that, you could go to the other page. Mm-hmm. There's a top stacks. You could see the links there. Number of top stacks by team. And this is for FanDuel. So that entire page that you just saw, it'll condense to like, well, the Boston Red Sox have 15 in the top 25 mm-hmm. four-man stacks. 24 in the top 50 and then see who's in the top 200. So you can see based on Baltimore Verlander stacks here, Jordan. Right, right. Well, that's what you would look at. I would look at here and go, okay, Red Sox, Orioles, Phillies, Rockies, Indians, Giants, maybe scroll down a little bit. You see, say, yeah, there's 11, the twins in the top 200, right? Just to get a sense of what the, what this is all based on the bat median Mm -hmm. projections, not the ceilings point per dollar wise. Show up. I mean, we're going to see that on FanDuel, the Red Sox are going to be popular. Mm-hmm. But you know, compared to their ownership, maybe the maybe the Rockies. Yeah, maybe I mean, the Jay Bruce too. is going to be popular, so Phillies are going to be popular. But then no. you could also look at some teams and like you could see who's overpriced for their median. But it doesn't mean that the stacks are bad. It just means for their salary. Yeah. Like typically, the guys with the the teams with the zero, like that's who you'd be pairing a cheap pitcher with. Because they do have a high point value, but not for their price. So this is I consider uh, to be the the if you want to search for vomit stacks, this is this is the type of page you should be looking at. Yeah, you can see one too. The Astros, the bat doesn't like the cheaters today, so we've got them. They're at they're at zero top any stacks. So if everyone's using the bat now, I think the Astros will have some reasonable popularity, but I think most people are gonna end up on maybe a Musgrove or a Heaney if they're stacking up the Astros is just because they're they're one of the more expensive teams to stack up so you can see you know on the point per dollar they're not really up just just to clarify because people may get confused between this and another tool that Roto Grinders has that if you're a premium member is Slate IQ Mm -hmm. so this page what you're looking at right now is the bat has median projections and it all it's doing is based on the median who is the highest point per dollar stacks not the chance that that's the winning stack just highest point per dollar median projection slate iq that jamino comes out with every day will based on the batting orders based on the ownerships based on everything could predict based on the most uh comparable 25 slates on what percentage of the time does that team stack end up in the winning lineup so you may have a stack at 11%, another stack at 8%, another stack at 4%. So, but that's if it's going to be in a winning lineup in GPP. Yeah, all so, that'll sort of show up later in the day on your, right. your stacks page. You'll have the leverage and the PO. And let me, speaking of that, let me see if any of it's in there. Yep. Right. So you may have an instance where the bat point per dollar median has a team in, in top 50 stacks but the team's likelihood of being in the winning lineup, maybe 2%. Mm-hmm. So um, it, that means it may project well meeting wise. It may, you may get a lot of points for the bang for the buck, 
but it may not have the ceiling to necessarily win you a GPP. Uh, if you guys are watching on the YouTube, click the like button. We would really appreciate that uh, over there. And uh, speaking of YouTube, if you are in the chat, right, these morning shows that Jordan and I do and maybe some other hosts from time to time, they're meant to be interactive, right? Throw something in chat. I see Jordan's in there on YouTube. If you've got questions, we're here to try to talk some answers when we have time, right? An interactive show in the morning. Uh, feel free to post questions. Let us know your thoughts on what we're taking. If you, you think we got a bad take, let us know. If you like what we're saying, click the like button and feel free to participate in chat. Uh, again, every basically every weekday, 11 o'clock will be the pregame show. Normally, we'll be looking back a little bit at what happened the night before, uh, trying to figure out what some of the top players were attempting to do in their lineups, while also giving you a review uh, of our thoughts on, on the current day slate. Um, just today's a little bit different because uh, we got these giant, giant contests going on on both FanDuel and DraftKings. Uh, let's talk a couple of bats. I see someone in here, uh, Fuzzbro. If we were going to stack the White Sox today, right? So the White Sox. This is up Jordan's alley, I think, possibly today of a stack. Stack nobody's going to use. That has plenty of upside if things go their way. Barrios, you know, he, he has a little bit of uh, up and down to his games every now and then. Don't project particularly well. But I can guarantee you when the ownership comes down, you're going to see a lot of low single digits across the board on the White Sox. So you're playing here. Who are you using on the White Sox, Jordan? Who, who are you throwing in a pitcher there to, to get started? I think the most important person in a White Sox stack on FanDuel would be Tim Anderson. I mean, assuming that we – I mean, we have the projected order. Mm-hmm. I mean, the predicted one. Who knows what it ends up being? And not because he's batting first in our predicted lineup. It's because he fills a, a shortstop spot. So, like, my general strategy when it comes to stacking is that when possible, I'd rather not play garbage one-offs in, like, I don't want, if I'm going to play, I don't want to play the cheap utility hitting shortstop from another team as a one-off. I'd rather fill the harder positions to fill in my stack. So that's why I take a look at short, like, on DraftKings catcher, I a lot of times include my catcher in my five-man stacks Mm -hmm. Uh, on Fandle, you don't have to worry about that because you have the catcher first base position. But that's why I take a look here and like uh, Tim Anderson at 2,900 uh, in comparison to the rest of the team uh, projects highly. I mean, we have uh, Robert and Delmonico in here. Uh, the White Sox are going to be the home team, which means it downgrades the bottom of their lineup as far as plate appearances go. So like, I don't think I would play both of them in the same lineup. Mm-hmm. I don't, I mean, it would be a very cheap stack, but I mean, it is an 11 game slate. Let me give you, ask you a theory question, right? And the giant normally again, right? Because the contest on FanDuel in theory, a million, 200,000 people, it's not going to get to that. Normally we're playing 50 or 60,000 people in a big tournament on DraftKings. Would you, you know, like a, a Garcia or a Delmonico, I think sometimes I, it's a little different, especially in the NL, right? Because we don't have the pitcher. So I'm a little more apt to use the eight and nine hitters, I think, this year than I normally am. Would you exclude these guys? Would you, like, if there's a, I know you have your vomit stacks and you like to play them. Do you ever exclude anybody or you keep everybody in there? I typically keep every, if I'm, if I'm playing stacks from a team, I, I, the only time that I exclude players is typically if they're like batting at the bottom of the order and they're overpriced. And they're like in the outfield, a $4,300 batting ninth outfielder for a home team. I'm less likely to play because it's just, they don't project well point per dollar. They don't get the plate appearance expectation. Like it's, it's the cheap guys. Like I don't, that's why I take a look at like a Delmonico at minimum price. Like, do I want him in all of my White Sox stacks? No, but I don't want to exclude him or Lurie Garcia. He's a second baseman and second baseman. It could be a weak spot today. So doesn't mean he's in all of my White Sox stacks, but I don't want to make him not. I mean, he's the lowest point per dollar. He's going to show up the least. But if he, if I'm playing 10 to 15 White Sox stacks, if he's in two of them, like, fine. Because what's the worst thing in the world happening? You know, you, you stack the White Sox. Larry Garcia has a home run in the second base spot of a team that you stacked. So I'm more likely to exclude overpriced players in abundant positions. Like, first base or outfield where I could find a one-off for cheaper. That, that may Dave even Bruce be better. 2,100 on FanDuel today in the right. outfield. Right. That exactly. Everyone's going to be playing. Right. Um, a couple of questions are coming in here. And I, I guess I, I want to throw this to you here too. So Barrios, so he'll, he'll be a pitcher that's going to have no ownership. And 
it's not like he's a strikeout king, right? Plate IQ premium uh, tool. If you guys are on YouTube and ever want access to it, we offer, um, you know, low price trials. You can get, uh, you know, ro the, what you get in Roto-Grinders is just, you know, some of these other things you know, you've got to take out a mortgage to subscribe to for the year. But Roto-Grinders is uh, very uh, inexpensive compared to some of the other things out there. And I think the most complete uh, package subscription you're going to get in terms of premium tools and shows and things like that. Um, but Berrios, right, not a not a ton of Ks, you know, 23 to both sides of the plate. But you're not going to find another team out there today that, that basically is red down through the entire K percentage of, of the White Sox. So I think there's a there's a lot of Woba, there's a lot of ISO, but there's a lot of strikeouts. I think mixing in, uh, I know this is exactly your strategy. Both sides of this game, uh, I think, make a little bit of sense. Yeah, I mean, I tend I tend to go after the the lower owned games. I mean, if we see on on fan like. Like to me, like a Jay Bruce, mm -hmm. like is obviously underpriced. I mean, if he's going to be batting clean off against Alcantara, going to be the most popular hitter on Fanduel, right? But I mean, but this is baseball. Jay Bruce could go over four with three strikeouts, more than likely, right? <laughs> so, so like he's the type of person that uh, I will have as uh, one-offs. But it's not like basketball and NBA in these types of situations. Mm -hmm. You know, this this could be a lock button because you're not going to. You're not going to get yeah. that the, the variance in, in basketball with the iterative scoring is you just go overboard. But if Jay Bruce, if the, you know, Jamino's hamster wheel comes back and it says he's going to be 27% owned on an 11 game slate with 30% owned. Uh, I'll, it doesn't mean I X him out. It just means, you know, I'll leave him as a one-off. It also means that Philly stacks will also be more owned yep. because to fit Bruce in will make it easier. So I'm less likely to stack Philadelphia, but I'm still more likely to have Jay Bruce in my player pool, filling out lineups mm -hmm. that have good enough leverage that I don't need. Like if I'm playing a White Sox stack and a pitcher that's 4% owned, no, you like even it. with them 1.2 million entries, like I could play, I could play a 30% owned Bruce in that lineup. So yes, if he's 30% owned, I may not have 50% of him, but I'm, I may I may still have twenty percent of him. It's just that he will be in lineups that are heavily contrarian stack and pitcher wise, and not so much. I'm not going to have Jay Bruce in Boston stacks. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I'm probably not even going to have Jay Bruce in Baltimore stacks. I'm going to keep him really to the stacks and lineups that are extremely contrarian, where the thirty percent ownership doesn't worry me. I already have enough leverage. Uh, so let's see here. We got a couple of questions on here. How do you determine players you want to use in stacks? You, uh, you talked about that on the show we sort of did uh, a couple of days ago as basically a tutorial. Um, but but let's talk about. I guess we can sort of talk about stacks. What 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 my thoughts are on FanDuel today, and I'll I'll go to my stacks page. Um, I'm pretty much just going to do these two on FanDuel today. I and I think it's going to be heavily tilted towards 4-4. I think there's going to be a lot of casual players making some pretty unoptimal teams. And, I mean, that's what's probably going to win today because they handpicked the four guys of two home runs or something like that. But I'm pretty much just making four mans. If I, if I had to guess right now, I'm going to be something like this in my stack exposure. So I'm going to have very limited one-offs. Uh, and like you said, I think Bruce, right, in my allotment of teams is going to be extremely small because, one, unless I'm stacking, he's not going to be on my team. And then, two, if Philadelphia is going to be the highest or second highest on stack, I think that's probably reasonable by the time it's all said and done. I'm probably going to be underweight him to begin with. And then he's just he's just not going to fill into a lot of my teams today. So I'm going to be a little bit – I think a player like Jay Bruce, if he ends up being 25%, I might have like – 5% Jay Bruce or something like that by the time it's all said and done. But what do you think about stacks uh, on FanDuel specifically? You know, like on the opening day slate, if you made some 3X or 3-2 or whatever, you could do whatever you want on a two-game slate, in my opinion, on FanDuel. But on the big slate, one of these teams or two of these teams are going to have big games. Uh, I, I want to make sure I have the possibility of getting that on my team. Yeah, on FanDuel, I mean, on, on DraftKings, like it – Correlation is key in MLB. So mm -hmm. like on DraftKings, there's the bigger the slate, the more you should stack. The smaller the slate, the less you should stack because mm -hmm. there's just less teams playing. Because we have 11 teams playing. If 
there's the likelihood of one team going off is much higher because there we have we have 22 teams, 11 games playing. When there's two or three games, we get like last night. You, you, they could be three, one, four, two. You know, they, where the no stack really is optimal. So, like on FanDuel, I'm I'm very similar to you, 80-20. Sometimes I just do all four four. Yeah, I do that too. But just understand that, like for instance, if you do four four, and you're not stacking the Phillies, you will get zero Jay Bruce because there's no one. You have no one offs. Mm-hmm. in your in your lineup so understand that one decision that you make affects the other decisions so like if you're building a lineup hq and you're building four fours and not stacking the fill you don't you go down to your stack percentages and you're taking zero of philadelphia that understand you're you're fading jay bruce or yeah, you're not stacking Baltimore. Uh, you're not stacking boston you're fa- you're fading jd martinez you're fading those guys it's very small but the fan duel scoring system lends itself more to making sure you have players that are in a stack. You know, the the home run means just a smidge more. I think on DraftKings, we're getting the runs in the RBI correlation on FanDuel. That is a little bit more important to me than selectively searching. I mean, of course, if I could get the guy that's going to hit two home runs, I want that guy in my lineup and all of them. But that's a little less important to me on FanDuel than specifically trying to get the stacks. That's why I'm I'm going to be something like 80-20. I might be 90-10. I might be 100. But my, my definite focus on FanDuel tonight is going to be the 4-4 stack. Um, so Matthew, uh, he wants to know about the Cubs. So let's go talk about the Cubs stack. And I think maybe we can talk about this game. Let's see. Where are the Cubbies? There they are. Um, so that we've got a wind in game blowing a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think I tend to play the the Cubs in their opponent a little more when the wind's out one of the most wind dependent stadiums and like we got two guys who just Kyle Hendricks rarely gets rocked Woodruff is ground balls get some strikeouts uh, I can go to plate IQ he doesn't really get rocked uh, one of the things I like to see you know specifically opening opening day is I like to go see what happened last year and oh this is zoomed in so I I guess I got to scroll over a little bit. Actually, I'm just going to zoom out because you won't be able to tell what I'm doing. Uh, So I go to last season and I like to see, hey, did this guy get rocked a lot last year? How many earned runs did he give up? Uh, So you go look at, at Woodruff last year. One earned run, four earned runs, one, 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 three, four, three, three, six. All right, at Pittsburgh, I'm going to call that an anomaly, right? That never happens. Just never really gets rocked once against the Dodgers. What, Whatever, this is not, I'm trying to win a million dollars on FanDuel or a big tournament on DraftKings. I don't think I'm going to play too many stacks from either side of this game. And Hendricks is just a good real-life pitcher, not good in fantasy. I could see myself playing Woodruff as a pitcher. Uh, I'm not too thrilled to use either either side of the bat. Sorry. You might disagree, though, because this is what you lean into sometimes. Right. But, of course, I'm, I'm looking at projections also. So it's, a, it's always projections versus ownership. And, of course, mm-hmm. yet, the ownership isn't out yet. Uh, but, yeah, I, I could obviously tell that the, the ownership of this game is going to be low. Uh, but it's never a good sign when uh, I sort the team by point-per-dollar projections and uh, the worst pl- the worst point per dollar plays are all the top order of the lineup, mm-hmm. where like Bode and Hayward and Schwarber, like Schwarber's fine. Okay, he's three point five x point per dollar. He bats fourth. Okay, he's twenty eight hundred on Fanduel. Okay, that that interests me. Okay, that that could be a building block of a stack. I mean, I'd rather it not be in an outfield position. I'd rather be in a scarce position. But then I start seeing like Rizzo, Contreras, Baez, Bryant. They're all like 2.9 to 3.2 X median. And yes, I guess they have a ceiling. I see bad plate IQ uh, numbers, which, you know, correlate to the poor uh, bat projections. Can the Cubs go out and these guys, Brian Baez, Contreras, Rizzo, all hit home runs today? Sure. It's just a much lower probability today. So if the stack was 1% owned, okay, maybe, maybe I give a shot. But for these prices on 11 game slate, I think I could find better, but but based on what I'm seeing here, it's like maybe maybe I could take Schwarber as a one-off mm-hmm. off of Woodruff because, you know, bats fourth, you know, he's a fly ball hitter, and who knows? He's 2,800 in the outfield, so that's much better than, you know, paying 3,600 for Anthony Rizzo in my first base spot 
where I could find so many other players. And then stacking these guys is just going to be expensive. So the more expensive your stack is, the more they have to outperform their uh, salary adjusted value, their 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 point per dollar value to get a GPP winning ceiling. So like that's what the whole concept of vomit stacks. Like when when I stack five guys on DraftKings under twenty k, that stack could pay off with only like an eight run game. You're stacking a twenty five k stack. Like you need double it. You need so much more production out of it. Of course, the cheaper stack, less probable of happening, but I don't need 15 runs out of the Marlins. I don't need, you know, 20 runs out of the Tigers, but the Astros, you know, when they're expensive, the Cubs in this case on FanDuel, like it's not going to be to win one against 1.2 million entries. Like it's going to be low owned. You're going to need a dong out of Rizzo Contreras, Baez and Brock. You're going to need mm-hmm. home runs, <clears throat> quality points out of all four of them at those prices and then stacking them, you're not going to be able to pay 10 K for a pitcher. So thinking of your lineup as a whole, like that's why I take a look at the Cubs and go, even if they're lower owned, like I'm not even sure their probability of being like the top stack is even that high. And don't forget to Woodruff, right? Very good ground ball pitcher. Doesn't allow a lot of fly balls really limits the right handers, right? The lefties can get them, but even the lefties don't hit a lot of fly balls against them. Wind blowing in in Wrigley. You got Hater in the bullpen. If something, you know, the game's close and both teams are scoring, he's going to come in, and that's, you know, an inning and a half, maybe two full innings of just everyone striking out. It's just a, it's a tough proposition for for me to take someone like that today at their prices. Um, Jonathan wants to, he's questioning us on our four four stacks, and I think last night, right, Jonathan, you could run a three three one one on Fanduel. You can do whatever the hell you want on Fanduel slate when when it's an 11 game slate there's 22 teams odds are one of those teams is going to severely outperform one of the other teams it's just how it works in baseball and if you don't have that team in a four-man stack on FanDuel with the the order of the guys you know they get runs and RBIs are a little bit more correlated there you're just not going to win a million dollars trying to beat out a million people. Now, sure, the best way is to always pick out the guys that hit three home runs each. That's just impossible to do on a day-to-day basis. So you, even though uh, that's what you want, uh, it's not a repeatable process, and you still want to have some, you know, some stickiness to, to your overall day-to-day um, you know, system. The value of correlation in baseball is high because when one person gets on base, the next person gets more available points to them. And then the more plate appearances they could get, because remember it's it's not on a time limit. They could have six, seven at bats in a big game. So the correlation between one guy gets on base, next guy gets a double, this, that, that scores a run, which gets an RBI for this batter uh, over the long run is worth more than, Doing the the good old Dean one 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 stacks. Uh, <laughs> Dean Dean has progressed. Let's not make fun of Dean. right. Dean okay, maybe not going. maybe not the one man stacks, but yeah. uh, over the long run, now on certain slates, yeah, it could show up that uh you know a, a three three two or something or a a four one 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 wins, but for the most part, it's twenty twenty, and the field still doesn't stack enough. We could start hey five years from now. When everyone's playing four fours, it actually means that you become much more different by not. Then we could start talking about playing less correlative lineups for the sake of leverage. But right now, we see it. It's, fantasy has been around. Daily fantasy has been around for ten years, and we see in every sport that the field still does not correlate enough. So, yes, on certain slates, you may get an outlier result. But if you have a repeatable process that you're playing four fours or four three ones on slates of this size a hundred times in a year, you're more likely to come out ahead doing that than trying to pick and choose, uh, you know, solo home runs from a multitude of games that it's, you're going to see the top lineups, study the top 1% of lineups. It's almost always stacks. Yeah. You'll see that one slate IQ. I don't think we had it out yesterday, but if it comes out today, uh, or one that's back up and running, you'll see, you know, the, the lineups towards the top are, are generally heavily stacked. Uh, Edgar wants to know, 4-4 four, four stacks, do they work on DraftKings? Now, DraftKings is different, right? On a slate like tonight, pretty sure the five-man stack is is likely to win out, especially if there's a team that scores 15 runs. 
Um, you can do fours on DraftKings, but I think most people prefer, um, you know, on the big slate, starting it with a five-man stack, correct? Right. The more correlation, the better. In baseball, if, I, if you could hey, stack if, a whole team, we would. Right. If 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 there if there was allowed six man stacks, I'd be stacking six man. They stacks. used to, I think, before you started, Jordan. Right. I think I, I, Yahoo does Yahoo allow six man. I think they do. Yeah, but they they tweak it so it's really not worth it. I mean, it is, but it's not. But just just understand that anything when deciding on your lineups. Let's say, for instance, that you know you're hand building a lineup. And, you know, you'd pick a four-man stack and you pick a pitcher and then you're, you know, like a, you're looking at another team or a batter or whatever, like whatever slot you have left, always look to, you're either taking the player because they're correlative or because they're giving you leverage. So it doesn't matter. So based on the lineup that it's in. So if you're going to play 4-4, for instance, on DraftKings, Obviously, that means you can't have any one-offs in those lineups. Mm-hmm. Like you, and the stacks need to fit together like a puzzle. So if you're using lineup HQ and you don't, and you're really significantly limiting your player pool, like you may not have that. That whole combination may go to get that. You know, you're playing two expensive pitchers together and wondering why the expensive stacks don't fit in. You're getting barely any of them is because based on salary constraints, you can't do that. Or you're playing two stacks together that neither of them have a shortstop. Well, obviously, you can't play a 4-4 with at least one team having a shortstop. So that's why looking at those scarce positions when I stack is like the first thing that I look at. That I, I take a look, obviously, at the teams and the I got one stack right here. probability. There's another question here from Will, right? He's talking about Cleveland. I was going to bring this up. You want the scarce positions to stack. I mean, I got the Cleveland Indians for you, my friend. I got a shortstop. I got a third base. I got a second base. I got a couple outfielders. Uh, I'm I'm expecting Cleveland. The one problem is they might be the second or third highest owned stack of the the slate today. If they if they're the third highest owned slate, I might start going a little overweight on them. Um, but if they're like the first, I'll probably I just how I like to play is just be a, underweight or maybe not even have the highest owned team of the slate. And then it allows me to gain sort of incremental leverage on every other team that I do stack because I'm just going to be overweight the field on those. But this fits, I mean, this is, if you're clicking in the optimizers, right? Like getting a first base, a shortstop and a third baseman that are as good as Ramirez, Lindor and Santana, this is like gold um, to the optimizer. Right. And then you have a whole choice of outfielders. I mean, I prefer the Cleveland stacks more so on FanDuel than on DraftKings. And uh, for, for positional eligibility, because of all these outfielders, because of the utility slot, you're, you can play three of them. One of the concepts that, I, that I, I've, I've said a lot last year is that uh, on DraftKings, that I don't like locking out one-off outfielders outside of my lineups because it just doesn't allow for an outlier result to show up in those stacks. So on a team like the Indians, for instance, where you may have four outfield eligible players like playing three on DraftKings means that in that lineup, all three of those outfielders need to do well enough. Cause if there's another outfielder in one of the other 10 games that hits two home runs, he can't possibly be in that Indian stack, but on FanDuel, where you get three outfielders and a utility, you could always have that. If you have that two dong, three dong outfielder in your player pool, you can still pair it up with a Cleveland stack, a four-man Cleveland stack that includes three outfielders. So it's the the differences between FanDuel and DraftKings stacking. You see that a, a lot of what I talk about is has nothing to do with like, are they going to do well today? It's how do you fit the pieces of the puzzle best together to get a score and a lineup that has equity in first place? So like Cesar Hernandez in the like to me he he stands out as like I got to have him in most of my uh Cleveland stacks if I'm playing them he's batting first he's 2500 and he's at, it's at second base mm-hmm. how do and, and obviously he projects well point per dollar it looks like Franville Reyes and Jordan Luplo from a point per dollar perspective in the bat I'm this, gonna, is now, may, this is now SIS this is the base oh, this is SIS right? okay but whatever if I'm just whatever, looking yeah. at that so it would stand out that like Lindor is at a scarce position, but he's also like the lowest projected point per dollar. Obviously, I can't probably play him in lineups that have an expensive pitcher, 
but I could definitely see Ramirez. So I could like, to me, the stack that I would look at right here, just by the, just by point per dollar in the projection and the positions would be like Hernandez, Ramirez, Lindor, and then one of Reyes or Luplo would be like, to me, the top stack on FanDuel for that. But if I wanted to replace Lindor with Santana, I don't think that's bad because of the difference in point per dollar. And if you want to replace Reyes with Luplo, I don't think that's bad either. But I mean, to me, the core would be Hernandez and Ramirez because second base, third base, they have the highest point per dollar projection and Hernandez is only 2,500. Uh, if you guys have any more questions, throw them in the YouTube chat. We'll be on here, I don't know, 10 minutes or so, maybe 15. Uh, we'll, we'll answer your questions. And if you are over there, click the like button. We would appreciate it. Uh, all this, all the suits, they like when you click the thumbs up. So uh, go, go ahead and click that over there. Uh, let's see if we've got any other questions in here today. Uh, Harper, we talked about the Phillies a little bit. They're gonna, be, they're definitely gonna be popular. I think, I think it's gonna be the Red Sox, Cleveland, Philly. I mean, just based off the totals, but also the pricing. The the couple of outlier teams are Houston and the Dodgers because the the point per dollar on them isn't as great. So the you know the MME players, unless unless I think unless you physically start forcing a little bit of Houston and a little bit of Dodgers. I think those are the two teams with the high totals that'll be a little bit on the outside looking in, in terms of ownership today. Mike, are, are, do you agree with that? No, I agree. It just, I mean, price wise, I mean, they, they're, they're expensive. So they're, I mean, pair, those would be the stacks that you pair with the cheap pitchers. So, you know, that's why I don't exclude cheap pitchers. I look for vomit pitchers because, you know, I'm, I'm looking to build lineups that have our, 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 I'm looking at the barbell approach a lot of times in my lineup building where I'm playing cheap pitchers with expensive stacks and I'm playing cheap stacks with expensive pitchers. And uh, how do I build those types of lineups? So for, uh, for those cheap pitchers, you know, yeah, attacking Samarja, that's, that seems like a good idea to me. It's just that stack, like stacking the, the Dodgers is just expensive. I'm more likely to play the Dodgers. Like for instance, on DraftKings, Maybe I play the Dodgers as part of my three-man in like a 5-3 rather than stack five of them because stacking five of them could end up costing, you know, $24,000, and I'd rather stack a cheaper team. But it doesn't mean I don't play the Dodgers. It means that maybe I play Bellinger as a one-off or Muncie as a one-off or Betts as a one-off, like these guys as one-offs, two-mans, three-mans, and less so as one big stack because if I play it as one big stack, I'm not going to be able to play a Bieber or Verlander or any of the top pitchers in my life. Let me just see if any ownerships come. Maybe if it is, we can spend a couple of minutes really digging into that. But we got nothing. Uh, so we'll go back to Will. Will wants to know about the Padres, right? Like this is, I think this is reasonably uh, a good stack against Bumgartner, right? You go to plate IQ and if you really, you really got to look at the road starts for Bumgartner. I know it's in San Diego, but San Francisco is just a completely different beast than any other ballpark and baseball in terms of run limitation but I mean what what don't you like here you know look at the Wobas look at the ISOs of these guys against lefties last year they, they do have some strikeouts down here but Will Myers mash lefties for years I think the Padres this fits in to a team where if they're one percent owned as a stack tonight on FanDuel I'm okay doing that let me look at the uh, Arizona bullpen quickly and see what they got going on over there. Um, okay, bullpen, not the, not the best, not the worst, but like I'm okay. Bumgartner, you know, on the road against, you know, what I would consider good righties seems good to me. If they're low, this is a team. If the Padres are collectively 2% owned on FanDuel, a team I would be okay having 5% or 6% of in a stack specifically in this gigantic tournament tonight. Uh, why not 10%? That's yeah. that, that may be me. Taking a look, I'm looking at the bat X projections. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sort by point per dollar, and in the top half, over 3.5 point per dollar is six of their hitters and three of them in the top three. So we have Manny Machado at 3,000 at third base, Tatis at 3,300 at shortstop, you have Profar, who's second base eligible. I mean, Tyler France, obviously, bat seventh. I mean, he's the cheapest one out of the bunch. But making, a, making I mean, these, these guys are priced cheaply. 
I mean, Eric Hosmer is the the, the lowest uh, projected. He's, he's probably not going to make it onto my team, but right. But I'm saying like the stack uh, for the Padres, just it grades out well. If you if you tell me that this stack is sub four percent owned, I mean, I want more of it. I mean, I could stack Machado, Tatis, either Fam or Myers, and then Profar or something something like that. If he's batting fifth at second base, I get to fill some middle infield spots, one outfield spot, a third base spot. I mean, this definitely fits in with my vomit stack approach. And they're cheap. this stack is cheap enough that this stack could even have a Bieber in it. This stack could have a top top pitcher in it. But it's based on the projections. I mean, if these projections were, were much lower, I'd be much lower on it. But for the price versus the projection versus most likely lower ownership, uh, I mean, I don't know what they look like on, on DraftKings currently, but... 4.5 total for, for the Padres on, on on FanDuel, where no one's more than 3,300. Seems good to me. Yeah, uh, we're going to get out one final question here. This is from Frank Wave. Uh, again, guys, every, every almost every weekday, we will be doing this show, right? Either Jordan, me, or somebody else. Uh, it's an interactive show. Come on, you can ask us questions. Typically, we'll be reviewing the night before trying to figure out what did we do wrong? What did the field do wrong? What did the top players do right or wrong? What did the winning lineup do right? Did they just get lucky on one or was it a strategy they had, right? There's a lot of stuff we'll be doing on this show. Today, we're really focusing on this big tournament on FanDuel because it's, I don't i don't think we'll ever see a tournament like this on FanDuel ever again. But uh, you really got to get into that $3 millionaire maker on FanDuel today. But it's interactive. Um, and if you guys want to get direct access to it, probably outside of the Discord for premium members, probably the easiest way for a free member to to, to pick our minds, right, Jordan? Yeah, and also understand that people ask questions. I know uh, you're you're a little bit more handholdy than I am. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like to, I like teaching the the game theory of stuff, but but understand that like uh, uh, words like like and favorite and and all those types of things like don't exist in my world. So Especially like, for I do, right. Like, do I like Andrew Heaney on FanDuel today? I don't have, I don't know him personally. All I know is that the bad X has him as the highest point per dollar projected pitcher. And I rely on the projection model. All those st- stats that you could look at ISOs and plate appearance, everything, everything is all built into that. So it's just going to give me a number. And then I go, okay, based on all the stats that are in this model, uh, that's what this says. So, like, yeah, I like I like players that are highly projected over lower players. Mm-hmm. But in and of itself, I mean, I just I'm just looking at the projection. So, like, the difference between Montes and Woodruff, like, based on the bad X, is minimal. Like, wow. Mont- point per dollar wise, eighty seven hundred versus seventy six hundred. So, I mean, I typically side with the cheaper player, but. From these projections, it would make no difference to me. They they offer you the same amount of median product production. So just uh, just want to highlight that. That's why we like showing off like these these SIS projections, the bat projections, and uh, you know, is this guy going to do well? You know, in this well, the projections will will tell the projections tell us on FanDuel that Boston, Philadelphia, uh, Cleveland, that they're they're the best projected teams. They're also probably going to be the higher owned teams. Uh, final question from Frank Wave for large field tournaments when playing a lot of lineups. That's what we're doing on FanDuel tonight. How do you determine how many times you are going to roll out the same stack but different pieces? So I like to, I like to diversify. Right, if I'm running out ten Indian stacks, for example. I probably want them paired with another team a maximum of twice. And if I get the Indians paired with 10 other teams, I'm cool with that, right? I want to have a shot of getting the two best teams and then hopefully I pick the right guys than playing the Indians with the Red Sox 10 times in a row. That's what I like to do. There's people that like to do the exact opposite of what I do. And there, I don't think there's a wrong way to play. It's just one allows you to um, – it spreads out your risk a little bit more over the course of time, where if you make 10 Indian Boston stacks and those do neither team scores 10 runs, you're just flushed down the drain for the night. So I tend to diversify quite a bit more. Um, Jordan, what's your particular you know general strategy on? Right. It really depends on how many players in the stack 
that I think are optimal to play. I mean, if I'm stacking a team, most likely I'm taking all nine of their players to at least be in my player pool. But it really depends on how many that I believe are optimal. Like, that's why going through that, for instance, that Padres mm-hmm. stack. Like, if I go back to the, the Padres, I would look. Let's see. Go back on my screen to the Padres. I got it up here. Oh, you got it up. Okay. So going up there, like, I would take a look at this. Well, based on on these, these are SIS projections. No, I'm, I'm back to the bat. The bat was zeroing out for me for a minute. So oh, okay. Gonna, okay. But looking at bat. this, it's like, how much Hosmer do I want? Poorly projected. You know, how much, how much Grissom do I want at 3.3 X? Maybe not as much. How much Mejia do I want on FanDuel in the catcher spot? Yeah. Right. Like I take a look at this and I go, well, it may just be that most of my stacks have four out of five guys. And which means I have less combinations to make, which means I don't need to make 30 Padre stacks because there's, they're primarily going to be very similar, but on a team where I see seven players that are like, wow, I think, you know, I can make a lot more stacks like this. Then, then that's, those are the times where I may go heavier on it. Um, I think that's good about do it. Things are uh, the, the COVID uh, is going through the baseball right now. So it's going to be a fun night. The Braves currently don't have a catcher for today. So we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, Going to be an interesting season. Who's going to catch? <laughs> I don't know, but they're both out today. So they'll have to figure something out. Um, that's going to be an interesting season. You're going to have to be on your toes. You're going to have to be, you know, baseball. When the lineup comes out for the early game at 4 o'clock, I mean, 15% of the time, I think that's going to end up changing. Like, you're, you're going to have to be on your toes more than ever for baseball. Know the suspension. Know the postpone. Know the weather because there are two very different outcomes between suspended and postponed games, sort of like we saw last night. Uh, there's going to be a lot of different strategies to think about. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed this show. Again, click the like on YouTube if you guys enjoyed the show. Don't forget, uh, almost every weekday morning when there's a nice slate, We'll be here. We'll break it down the night before. We'll be talking a little bit about tonight's slate. Go get yourself in that FanDuel contest. Three bucks, you can win a million dollars. It's going to overlay uh, on DraftKings. Click your promotions. If you can't find it in the lobby, there's a $3 risk-free game. You literally can't lose. I cashed in that last night. I was pretty happy about it, Jordan. Um, I think you can put three entries into that, and it's a real – it's like a $250,000 tournament or a $300,000 tournament that they literally just pay everybody out the minimum of the buy-in. And so it's a big tournament on DraftKings. You're not going to see too many of these things as we progress in DFS. You're probably never going to see this again on FanDuel like you will tonight. Get in. Yeah, they're going to go out of business after. (laughs) (laughs) Take advantage. They gave away $80 million in their sports book, apparently, too, um, to everyone's account to give you 10 bucks. Uh, They're trying to pick it up, jump in there, support them, have some fun tonight. Jordan, you got any final thoughts? No, just uh, just embrace. If you're playing big GPPs, embrace the variance and to take mm-hmm. take shots. If you're playing the risk free, especially, I think that's a very good opportunity. If you're not used to, you know, oh, I need to play the safe lineups. Well, in that contest, go and say, I'm gonna st- I'm Hey, you want to stack against Verlander? You know what's the worst that could happen? You could get your money back. So yeah. my, why not try <laughs> it in that contest more than anything? Maybe not that specifically, but. Get a little bit, get a little bit frisky, and because uh, that's how typically in large field GPPs, that's how top players, that that's how they win them. Uh, looks like crunch time's free tonight too at six thirty. So check that out. Uh, it was a great show last night. Uh, I'll be on crunch time over the weekend. Uh, we've got Christy. Uh, she's a, a big winner in DFS over the years. She's making her debut here on Roto Grinders over the weekend. I'll be with her on Saturday, and then Cards is joining us on Sunday for crunch time so make sure to check that out and uh it's free tonight so before it goes behind the paywall might as well look it for free if you're uh, scrounging out there on the internet watching this for free uh check out crunch time tonight as well we're gonna get out of here thanks to everyone for watching i will be here all short and season long uh if i can't win the million dollars i hope someone in chat wins a million dollars and then if no one in chat wins it i hope jordan you can win oh i come after the you chat? Come after chat yeah. come after the chat <laughs> all right we're gonna get out of here thanks to everybody for watching i'll be out chat.